Hello and welcome back to Remember This, a nostalgia podcast where we revisit all the things that made the noughties and 90s brilliant. From kids TV shows to niche movies, toys, games and everything in between. My name's Matt Bentley-Viney and today I am joined by my wife and my partner in crime. Gemma Bentley-Viney. How are you? I realise I said 90s and noughties in an opposite way, just FYI. It's a noughties and 90s. I did, uh, thought annoying. I'd mix it up. It's like Deck and Ant. I think that's perfectly acceptable in a, in a lockdown world. So, yeah, how, how's it going? I can't even remember what we've updated people on and what we haven't. It's um, week eight, maybe. Oof. Oh, don't say it like you're making it sound like we're in the Big Brother house. Week eight. <laughs> um, my furlough's been extended. We sat down. We're allowed to sit down now when we go out. So we've been it was sitting, very exciting. sitting down with Meg in um, the common, which was nice. Uh, I painted the doors. That's the big thing of the week or last week. And I will say you did a very good job. Yeah, painted all the doors. Just another coat of white because they were looking a bit murky. Going to read some books. I've been trying to not do too many orders that are pointless. I think we've all been guilty of a couple. Because Wait, you mean, are you referencing my Lululemon yoga mat? That's a very kind of tick box you know, lockdown purchase. I feel like a yummy mummy. You are. That is a yummy mummy purchase. I'm so jealous that you've got a Lululemon one. Can I just point out? It was only because well, all I the checked cheap for ones, all the yeah. cheap ones and they were all sold out. And so I'm now officially a yummy mummy. So and they're meant to be amazing. The Lululemon, the Lululemon one has got great reviews. I've done my second order. I think that's not too bad, actually. In seven weeks, I've done two orders of like books and a puzzle. We tried Pilates. Yeah, it's going to continue that. with that. It's um, that. very easy. I'm doing the Lottie Murphy one is the one we've been doing. I really like Pilates. Well, we do a good exchange because I get us to do Joe Wicks, the hit training, which is like not very elegant, running and jumping and doing all that kind of stuff. And then this Pilates, like I am a yummy mummy now. Yeah, you are doing Pilates on your Lululemon yoga mat. Yeah, it's like so and then you might calming and Puzzle lovely. later on. Yeah. And I'll, I'll bake some banana bread and yeah. then I'm there. Transformation yeah. <laughs> complete. I've got the wife I always wanted. So today we're talking about two. Well, one is a bona fide classic. Yeah. The other I've never heard of, but you sing the theme tune a lot to it. Yeah. So it was interesting to finally watch that and be slightly horrified by it. Yeah. So we are talking today, of course, about Thomas and Friends or you might know it as Thomas the Tank Engine. I think everyone knew it as Thomas the Tank Engine. Then it wasn't charged with my research and realised it's not actually... The show isn't officially called that. I think maybe the merchandise was yeah. or something like that. That's why we know it as that. And completing the lineup on the bill is Angela Anaconda. Unfortunately, sadly, nothing to do with snakes. Is that what you thought it was going to be? Well, for oh, yeah, some reference, I mean, what's the point? Why is Anaconda... It's just her surname. I thought maybe it'd be like the Wild Thornberrys and she like <gasps> owns a snake farm. Why have we not watched the Wild Thornberrys yet? We need to. We'll do that. Oh, I'm excited for that. Gemma, would you like to introduce Thomas and Friends? <laughs> Tom. 
Thomas and Friends, originally known as Thomas the Tank Engine and Friends, or simply Thomas the Tank Engine, which was then later called Thomas and Friends Big World Big Adventures, is a British-American children's television series. In the United Kingdom, it had its first broadcast on the ITV network in Great Britain in 1984. The series is still running today. So far, there's been 23 series and 551 episodes. I also have an interesting fact for you, which I enjoyed. So before the airing of the first episode of Thomas and Friends in 1984, previous attempts had been made to adapt the stories for television. The first was in 1953, when the editor of the railway series books it was based on, Eric Marriott, was approached by the BBC, who wished to use live-action model trains to recreate two stories from the first book. Did you like it growing up? Yes. It's one of those proper preschool things you watch, so a lot of my memories are embedded in, I don't know, in the recesses of my mind. Yeah, we were so, very, very young. So I don't really remember watching it, but I knew I did. And I knew... Like I would always know the theme tune. Wait, what is that? That sounds like you're singing like. It sounds like it'd be a soap, doesn't it? It sounds like Coronation Street. Is that actually how it goes? Yeah. Yeah, well done. So, yeah, I know it, but I can't say that I remember anything that ever happens in it other than their trains and their trains what about you i i think my brother maybe watched it i don't really have any memories of watching it but again i always knew who he was yeah like i knew i knew thomas the tank engine um i think obviously whenever we went to like toys r us which no longer exists anymore sad times or anywhere kind of any toy shops basically there was always Thomas Tank Engine merchandise. I think it was very... It's probably made a lot, a lot of money. Oh, definitely. Because trains are something everyone plays with, isn't it? On the, you know, on the floor, you know. Oh, choo-choo! But the actual TV show, I knew it later on in, in life. I was like, oh, that's, that's so odd. Ringo Starr was the narrator for a time. And then in America... Yeah, because we clicked on the American version of this. And I was like, that's Alec Baldwin. They've had a what? lot of... This is what I'm saying. They obviously had the money. I think, so re-watching this, I've got a lot of new thoughts and theories on Thomas Tank Yeah, but Engine. did you watch it growing up? I mean, I don't know, probably. Yeah, set, well, it, same. So. I feel like it maybe is the Mandela effect where I think because he was so heavily merchandised and was always in the toy shops and always like, you know, in the kind of toy catalogues or whatever, I just assumed I'd watch it because like, you know who he is. I know what you mean. I feel like that about a lot of the um, the teenage programs like Biker Grove, Grange Hill. I didn't watch any of them, but I know all of them. So re-watching it, I felt like... So the episode's only 10 minutes, so kind of perfect amount of time for children. And we should mention that we did watch series five of Thomas, the Tank, Thomas and Friends, yeah. which was 1998. So yeah. we would have been, you know, seven, six. Yeah. Um, but that was the iteration we watched. So unfortunately for us, no Ringo. But Gemma, you are right. You know, they're 10 minutes. They're easy to watch. They roll into one. We actually watched three episodes. And we thought it was so good. We just carried on watching it. Old men would have loved it. Yeah, definitely. It was basically like Hollyoaks, but trains. In each 10 minute episode we watched, there was like a full on crash. 
Yeah, there was a full-on crash. Also, it's so, like, based around being bitchy and nasty. It's really weird. Like, they're always picking on one of the trains for different reasons. And it was always a bit like... like... It's like watching the school playground. It was really odd. But it, it wasn't even like watching the school playground because they're all... It's all revolved around work. So there's been a lot of write-ups later on regarding kind of the issues of Thomas Tank Engine and kind of the subliminal messages it maybe kind of gives to children. But it's all very much kind of, you've got the fat conductor. And that's his name. That's not he me. He looks like Mr. Monopoly. Yeah. Whatever he tells them to do, they just have to do it. Whether it's they really don't want to, whether it is dangerous or anything like that. And then they all kind of do it because he's the boss. They do as they're told by the boss. And obviously you do associate model trains, not often with children, but with... Sad old men? Well, Rod Stewart. He's a very famous Rod train... Rod Stewart? Like model train guy. I, I love how you just plucked that out of thin air. That's like a known... Did, did you know that? No, I thought everyone it, knew that. Yeah, but did you know that from your research or did you just know that as a fact? I just know that as a fact. So if that came up on who wants to be a millionaire, who is a train enthusiast? And then he was one of the answers. I would know. I would, I would know. That's... I would no, know I before know the that. options came up. I don't think anyone at home would know that he was either. on the cover. He spent like, I want to say he spent like 35 years doing a train setup. But that <laughs> might, hang on, I'm going to Google that. What? He was uh, recently on the cover of um, like the train. Train Weekly. Yeah, he was oh, on the cover. <laughs> I'm not shut made that up. up. <laughs> There's no such thing as Train Weekly. No, but it's like the Train Collectors magazine. But why do you know that? It was in the news. Why was he, it in the news? Jeremy Vine. The, what, what, how was that a news story? Jeremy Vine was once just chatting about trains, doing like a, and then Rod Stewart called in as like a normal call in to, what, talk, to about talk about the model trains? trains. Oh, for God's sake. Rod, let me just Google Rod Stewart trains. It took Rod Stewart 23 years making a massive railway model city. That's one of the saddest things I think I've ever heard. Do you want to see a photo of it? Yep, I do. That's incredible. It's it? <laughs> it incredible. I take everything back. It's an intricate model what a life. of a US city. He unveiled it as part of an interview with Railway Modeler magazine. He then phoned in to Jeremy Vine's BBC Radio 2 show to rebuff the host's suggestion that he had not built it himself. He said he would have built it, 90% of it he would have built himself. Rod says, a lot of people laugh at it being a silly hobby, but it's a wonderful hobby. Whenever I think of trains as a hobby... I think of Reverend Lovejoy from The Simpsons. Okay, the cover of the railway magazine. That's Chicago. Yeah, so um, he did it on um, Chicago, the railway model there. So I often like associate it, yeah, like episode Simpsons and, you know. Sad men. Not sad, not necessarily. I'm not calling well, Reverend sad. Lovejoy is pretty sad. But just men, just older men liking trains. Well, it makes sense in this TV show because there is absolutely zero women at all or girls or anything. There's, there's no females. No, exactly. Where are the females? Right. I have, I swear later, later on, I mean much later on, they did add one in. I swear she was pink. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Is it Barbie? And she's really like, Missy Train. Oh I no. Um, but I swear they did later they add one done, in. They must have surely. They must have done because this was so full of like testosterone like the all these like male trains getting all angsty and angry with one another and they do this thing as well like they do all these like oh you're all puffed out aren't you and <laughs> yeah. it, and the voices they use and the language they use and the insults they use you need to put in some clips of the insults we heard we should have written them down you're useless little bugs he called from above 
the lorry was very rude. What's that steaming lump of scrap iron doing here? Be off with you. Scrap iron? Steaming scrap iron? Pah! Oh, look. It's a little green goblin on wheels. You'll be scrapped. Just you wait and see. But it was all very, you know... There's always a crash, even if it's just a 10-minute episode. And I'm not talking like, a, oh, they've, they've been a little bump. Oh, no. It is like a lorry fell off a cliff. And Two then lorries. The, and then the little man driving it even fell out of the door, <laughs> yeah. looking all sad, going, oh, no. So let's, before we kind of um, pile on Thomas, because there are definitely some good attributes to this TV show, mm-hmm. the way it's filmed I really appreciated it. I thought I it really looked amazing. That. You know, like they've done it on models. It felt very much like your toys had come to life. I think they're using claymation for the faces. I think because they're obviously using clay to create the different expressions mm. on all the trains. But the actual, like the trains themselves, they, they look amazing. And when they're going around doing their jobs and everything, I'm like, oh, it's really cute. It is, it it's, is it's very cute. like nice and easy to watch. It's just that the the writing in it and the kind of the storylines just revolve around like bickering and bullying. I just think it's a shame because when you got trains, they could have done some really cool things. Like, oh, I don't know the the king's coming in today or the queen. Oh, you need to be posh. Yeah, and it was it wasn't even like they're dealing with bullying, but in kind of an interesting way and dealing with emotions. It was literally. Oh, very face value. You couldn't... It was so unrelatable for children. So the episodes we watched... So there was one... There was this really moody crane. I think it was even called, like, Nasty Crane. That was his name. And he's got this horrible, like, face. And he calls them little bugs. So Thomas <laughs> and James are the littler trains. It's not even really an insult, These are always little bugs. And they get really annoyed. No, because also the crane is playing pranks on them as well. Yeah. Because he'll get them to get... I mean, this is the level of kind of uh, the excitement in this TV show. He will get the trains to go on the wrong track and then he'll drop the package onto the wrong track. He'll be like, ha ha, you're on the wrong track, you bugs. And it's like, oh. And then you're saying the excitement level, though. I thought the excitement level of the episodes is quite high because No, in the one with the lorry. Yeah, the one with the lorry. Even in this one, you're forgetting how this ends. So this escalates. You just sort of think... Oh my God, yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. (laughs) So you just sort of think, oh, okay, there's a bit of bickering. Then the fat controller gets involved and is so angry and blames um, the two little trains. So sends them away. You need to go back to your stations. I'm sending you away. You need to think about what you've done. I'll deal with you later. And then there's a storm... And all the oh, other you're trains. You make sound like a, an abusive dad. I'll deal with you later. And then the other trains, all like the bigger trains, and the crane are like still doing their work. But then there's this massive storm, and something like blows over and traps all the trains. And then the crane goes to try and help them and falls, which is horrible. Like this huge no, crane. The crane's not trying to help them. The crane just gets blown over in the wind. Oh no! I thought it was because he tried to lift up the thing. Oh, was it? Yeah. I'm sure it was something like that. So then the trains were like, you need to try and help us lift it up. And he's like, well, I can't, I can't. And then they wait until the next day and the fat controller comes back and he's like, right, we need to get the little trains over here to help pull the crane up and then he can help you guys. So then the trains come back, James and Thomas come and then they help up the crane and he's like, well, I'll never call you little bugs again. You're quite helpful. And then everything (laughs) like kind of half goes back to normal. He's always still angry at them and means them, but he never calls them little bugs again. But yeah, for it to be like a 10 minute episode, there's a huge storm. 
<laughs> they get told off by their boss. Oh, I realised the formula because we watched three episodes and in each of them it was the same formula where at the very start you've got one either train or character being really arrogant and cocky. Mm. And then by the end of the episode, they've been like knocked down a on peg. their face. Yeah, yeah. They've been knocked down a peg and there's not really any moral to it. Just like, don't be cocky is literally yeah. it. Um, the second one I thought was quite interesting was with the lorries, lorries wasn't it? Yeah. because it was all the trains were starting to get replaced by these lorries because they can do it quicker. They can do it better. And it's quite sad because you can see, obviously, the people controlling the trains as well. And they're like, oh, they go literally go to pick up something. And they're like, oh, no, we, we've got the lorry to do it. And they're like, oh, OK, well, carry on to the next stop then. It, it sounds bad because, you know, you, you shouldn't step in, in the way of progress. But it was really funny how the example they use of a train being better than a lorry was that, oh, but what if you need to deliver something and mountains? And I was like, OK, <laughs> Because the lorry was trying to deliver something from a mountain, it fell off the cliff. And it was like, right, well, if you've got a competent driver, I'm pretty sure you'll be okay. And the whole point was so, yeah, and all the lorries are being horrible, like laughing and being really sneering at the trains. The trains are getting more upset and they see one of the lorries struggling up this cliff. And then they see the two lorries literally fall. And I mean, like, do like <laughs> flips down this cliff the driver falls out it's the, yeah the little like um i don't know what it is they use for like the, the little model man the, yeah the little model man you're like a lego man almost you see him lying there like next to the lorry i'm like oh my god it's really intense this is saying it is like a soap opera but then it ends with like the trains laughing at the lorries yeah going ha 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 our steam trains aren't that bad are they then oh and like bickering with them again so it is a bit like they're all just being horrible to each other. It's not even like one nice one no. wins. It's like, ha, ha, ha. Like, sort of say, like, egg on your face. I I'm wonder, better than you. like, in the newest episodes, how they kind of answer the question of, you know, because steam trains are not good for the environment at all. Like, in, in no respect are they I good. I don't think, also, when, like, steam trains aren't used very often now, are they? Let's be honest. No, True. I really like, there's a kink song about um, steam trains. I like that song. So See, what was it with old men who like music? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know. Have you seen Starlight Express? Starlight Express. No, I haven't. Because that's just trains. It's weird, isn't it? It's weird how much you can do with trains. Trains. <laughs> um, but I think it is. So I'll read you some quotes um, from a Guardian article that is kind of examining issues with thomas tank engine but we didn't see i guess we kind of did see some of these in the episodes we watched Only because there of, were there's no women there is no women like that's unavoidable like if you're a little girl i don't know what you get out of this other no. than unless you like trains it's like when you're trying to figure because with all the other tv shows it always tries to be some sort of moral or it's trying to teach you something and um this was shown was it it was bbc wasn't it no ITV. Ah, that explains a lot more then. Because obviously if it was a BBC show, they have to follow those guidelines where it has to either teach you something. And this one is a bit like, well, what are they trying to teach? So I think actually BBC would not have made this actually. And that makes a lot more sense now that um, I've just like reread that it's on ITV. Because with most kids TV shows, it is trying to teach if it's not teaching you, you know, how to do puzzles like Jigsaw or how to make things like an art attack is at least trying to kind of teach you some sort of morals. You know, all kids' TV shows do try and teach you something. Yeah. Whether even when yeah, it is with, with Biker with Grove or um, 
yeah. Grange Hill. There's a point to them, It will be trying there? to teach you about, you it's know. It's not just fast food where you just gorge yourself. Yeah. On it. You're meant to get something, sustenance from these TV shows. And so with this one, it's like, okay, they're not actually teaching you specific things about trains as such maybe, but they'll be trying to teach you some sort of morals or tre- teach you something about the world. You just and get it, some good insults really, don't you? And it's a bit like, so it's like teaching you don't be cocky. Do what you're told by your <laughs> yeah, boss. Do what you... Don't ask questions to your boss. Yeah. And um, do that's a good job. Basically, is do your job. That is your main thing. They just work. The fat controller rules them all, and don't get cocky and start to think you're too good, because you know then you end up getting knocked down a peg or two. I have to admit, it was unsettling. I would say, hearing the word fat just used so blasé in this episode well in this tv series i remember watching i think it was grange hill um dealing with um like kind of obesity and bullying Mm. and those sort of scenes and it is a shame that yeah that they kind of it is a shame that they literally did have a character that was the fat controller yeah and i just think the word itself is so kind of triggering yeah like for so many reasons and I to be taught at a young age why include it i just don't understand that why would you ever want to include it i think with this one it's quite the way they've used it so i the fat controller is obviously meant to be the guy who runs everything yet also you'd associate fat sadly with that kind of negative terms as well mm. but it is very much that rich white fat man yeah who's he's got his top hat on and his belly full of good food and wine i imagine yeah it's a very telling all the trains what to do um, opulence and i hope like like i said we need to kind of watch a few more newer tv shows to see if how it's dealt with now and hopefully it isn't something we would see because to teach kids at a young age that sort of terminology isn't really isn't good at all to teach them kind of the word fat no not at all um considering it is kind of aimed at preschoolers and i think Obviously, this is being um, recorded during lockdown. I think a lot of people are struggling with those sort of things at the moment, like a lot of jokes about, oh, I'm going to put on so much weight. And it's very triggering because I edited a podcast for um, someone the other day and they had a body positivity person on there speaking. And they were saying that they're they're really struggling at the moment because, like you say, it's the butt of all jokes at the moment. It's the TikTok thing, it's Twitter, it's Instagram, it's everything. Where people joke, oh, lockdown, lol, I'll just gorge on whatever. And so you don't understand the weight of your words and what yeah. they can have on people who have uh, kind of an unhealthy relationship with food and things like that. So in the I want to mention the Guardian article that was done by Tracy Van Slyke. So she wrote in the Guardian highlighting the sexism, classicism and racism hidden in a show. Oh, bloody hell. She did like a full on, she she went she for it. Knives out for Thomas. She absolutely went for it. I enjoyed it. Is she related to any cranes by any chance? I think she might be. For one, these trains perform tasks dictated by their imperious little white boss, Sir Topham Hat, but mainly known as a fat controller, whose attire of a top hat, tuxedo, and big round belly is just a little too obvious. Basically, he's the monopoly dictator of their funky little island. So she references a episode called James Painted Pink Episode. And in the episode titled Tickled Pink, poor vain James is ordered by Topham Hat to get a new coat of paint. While James has only had an undercoat of pink slathered on, Topham Hat interrupts and demands that James go pick up his granddaughter and deliver her and her friends to a birthday party right now. 
James is mortified that he has to travel while Pink and proceeds to hide from all the other trains along the way. When he is caught by the other trains, including Thomas, they viciously laugh and mock him. What are you doing, James? You're a big pink steamy, says Diesel, the bad boy engine. For the record, all the villains on Thomas and Friends are the dirty diesel engines. So there might be an environmental message there. Uh, but once James gets back on the rails and picks up the granddaughter and her friends, all seemingly ends well because girls love pink. The article ends with, well, guess what? It's not okay. You think a little boy watching Thomas is going to file away the lesson that pink is okay for boys? No. What kids remember is that James was laughed at cruelly over and over again because he looked different and was clad in a girly pink colour. Also, I just want to mention that in the past, British Labour Shadow Transportation Secretary even called out Thomas for its lack of females, saying that the franchise was setting a bad example for girl wannabe train engineers everywhere. Oh, poor Thomas and friends. Oh, dear. Um, yeah. I think the key word there, actually, as well, that I just picked up on, on my kind Females? Of, in my couple, <laughs> like my third time reading that, is franchise. I think it is one of those shows that you'd very much class as a franchise. Yeah, because it is expanded into so many different things. Over a it? TV show. Yeah. I'm surprised they never did the old Transformers effect with Thomas the Tank Engine and make some films out of it. I'm sure they did, but like, no, but like VHS mainstream ones, yeah. films, you know what I mean? Like proper Well, like the Peter Rabbit ones that we've had and well, yeah, Pokemon. Well, yeah, look at Transformers. You, you know. want Thomas the Tank? Why can't Thomas the Tank Engine be Transformers? Well, okay. it's a different vibe though. Going around the little countryside. I mean, from the episodes we watched, like you say, there was a lot of drama in each of them. Imagine that on a big budget. I would like to see Thomas and Friends start a union. Oh, for God's sake! <laughs> and overrule. They go on wow. strike. Like that sounds like a fun movie. They go on strike against the Fat Controller. To be fair, actually, that probably would be the plot of the movie, wouldn't it? That's, it would, wouldn't quite, it? Quite like that. I think mean, that's good. But yeah, it was weird rewatching it because it is only ten minute episodes, and like we said, so much happened in it. There was a crash in every single one. There was loads of insults. Yeah, but the good less like let's do a balanced argument i know there's a lot of wrong saying that's a bad thing i'm like no 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 oh my god i just want to make it's like a Hollyoaks episode like there's a there's a lot of stuff going on here that Mm -hmm. shouldn't be going on yeah but i would say that they're very easy to watch well we watched three and we didn't have to you know we could just watch one but we're like nah, let's leave it on they're very calming and i do think i don't know there's something very sweet about i know i was mocking them earlier people who were like train obsessives but i think in children it's really lovely yeah. like my brother wanted to be a um he wants to work in a digger and i think that's probably down to bob the builder yeah but again i think it's really nice when you can depict kind of like manual i don't know industries mm-hmm. in a positive light because yeah we have a problem now in this day and age where there's not enough people wanting to do those type of jobs yeah. and I think it's good to promote yeah. it. It's just a shame that it was so male yeah. dominated. And maybe when we come to watch Bob the Builder, that might be a similar issue. No, because I remember there was his wife was always in it. Oh, and also I mean, some she, of the... She's a wife. Some it, of the... Um, is not, are they not female, you know, No, workers? but some of the um, machines were female. Oh, okay. Well, that's what, that's what I was getting at. That's good. Like they're dizzy and she was the one that like used to um, make the um, cement. And going back to what they're saying, you know, with this um, pink episode, I mean, that's just, 
awful, isn't it? It's just very like. I wouldn't be surprised if other episode, other there'd been other TV series oh, had definitely. also done. It the wouldn't whole... have just been Thomas. There'd yeah. be loads of done it. I mean, like I always reference it, but bloody Zach and Cody you weren't yeah. expecting that in there, were you? No. So I think it's forgivable. But... And it must have made some positive changes because this show. I think it's probably the longest running one we've mentioned in the sense that it was running in the 80s and it's still on now. Yeah, true. So it's got to have made some big changes. I did love the way it was um, recorded and filmed. I do feel like it's older though than it is. Considering it was yeah. 80s, you'd have thought it would have been a nearly kind of into that 90s garishness stuff. But it was, it looked very kind of quaint. It, lo- it looked like um, 60s or 70s, yeah. particularly before when Ringo was involved. You're mm. thinking, oh, why? what was he doing in the 80s? I, he probably loved trains like Rod Stewart. <laughs> I think you're why underestimating. Why did get Rod Stewart to do it then? He's probably gutted. Yeah, I reckon he, he probably, when they he got Ringo must, involved, he must have been really annoyed. And I bet ever since he's like, I'm never doing that. Surely now. now it's still running. They've got Rod to like narrate an episode or two. Probably. Surely. But overall, amazing theme song. Love the way it was recorded. Liked how ambitious it was. Like, yeah, we're going to do, I'm surprised. I feel like I adults would talk about it more because I think it is something an adult could watch with their child and probably enjoy. Like if we had a kid... I wouldn't turn... I'd quite happily let them watch that and I'd watch it with them. It was interesting enough for uh, me as an adult. No, but it depends on the modern ones, I think. Mm. If the modern ones aren't as kind of problematic, yeah, definitely, I agree with you. But I wouldn't let them watch this, the 90s version, because no. I think they would get bad habits, to be no. honest. But I meant more in the sense that I found it interesting and engaging enough. Oh, yeah, on an entertainment an value. Yeah, of course. But you could say the same about Little Britain, couldn't you? You could say, yeah, you know, it's entertaining, but you wouldn't say, oh, yeah, you know, go on, you can watch that, kids. No, true. But this isn't like Little Britain. That's probably an unfair I can see why there was scathing articles written about it, and I can see why that journalist chose not to let her children watch it. I feel like I would let my children watch it, but if they became like, that was like their favourite TV show and they're obsessed with Thomas Tank Engine, I'd be a bit like... I'd be a bit like, no, you pink steamy. Yeah, <laughs> pink steamy. I'd be a bit like, I don't think so, hon. Absolutely not. The the theme tune, we must say, is an absolute classic. It's a banger. I would give the theme tune a 10 out of 10. I swear you're singing something completely different. <laughs> brilliant on the whole i think i can't give it any more than a five maybe even less to be honest you know it was very formulaic what we watched it was pretty derogatory in in many instances so unfortunately thomas yeah i'm not your friend no but shall we move on to the snake charmer yeah Matt, would you like to introduce Angela Anaconda? My name is Angela. Hey, hello. Welcome to my very own show. I'll introduce my friends to you. Oh, no, it's Nini-Poo. Shooby-dooby-doo-wah-wah. My name is Angela. And you are not in it. Memoir is a stuff-up jerk face. And now to today's story. Starring me and not starring Nanette Memoir. (laughs) 
Angela Anaconda is an American-Canadian children's television series created by Joanna Farone and Sue Rose, the latter of whom also voices the title character. The show ran for three seasons from 1999 to 2001 for a total of 65 episodes. The show centres on the adventures of an eight-year-old girl named Angela in the fictional town of Tapwater Springs. Other characters include Angela's three best friends and several antagonists. So, Angela Anaconda had a very big impact on my childhood. An incredibly big impact, actually. Really? She is the reason we got Sky. Seriously? Yeah, Angela oh Anaconda God. is the reason we got Sky. Why? It's well, not that good. We really liked it, okay? Who's, who's we? Me and you Josh. And Josh. Josh really liked it as well. We used to watch it. We would only kind of watch Sky like when we were on like holiday. We'd watch like, is it, we'd get like Cartoon Network. So it'd be like Johnny Bravo, Scooby-Doo, and Angela Anaconda is the one because it's like Johnny Bravo and Scooby-Doo we kind of knew of. Mm. But Angela Anaconda were like, what is this? It was also shown on like a few different TV shows as well. Like not TV shows. I think it was shown on um, Nickelodeon as well. Yeah. But we watched it through Cartoon Network and we loved it. And that was, we were so excited to get Sky and watch Cartoon Network so we could watch Angela Anaconda. It's very individualistic, I would say. It's, I've not seen anything like it in terms of the animation style because they've it's kind of superimposed real faces or at least yeah. real lips speaking. So- the way it works is uh, the show features cutout animation. So that is where characters are created using black and white photographs of faces. And then they superimpose these models' faces onto computer-generated bodies and backgrounds. So even when I ex- I'm explaining that, you can tell that sounds creepy. I'm not sure on it, to be honest. I don't think it works. It got a lot of criticism for its online animation. It was kind of what it was mainly highly criticised for. It people weren't a fan it's of it. It's bloody terrifying. It, I, it's obviously, at, no, but it's like genuinely scary, and coupled with like the the nature of the voices, which are very stark, and I'm like, this is like a nightmare. <laughs> it's, I feel like I'm watching something David Lynch would create for children. Like it, it's it's too much. But that's this is what I'm saying. I think it was like very criticised for it, but then I think it would get the odd rave review by people saying it's like art. It is so artistic. The animation it is creepy. I love creepy things. I'm so not I was sure if it's artistic. I think mean, that's the wrong word. I think no. I think it's a lot more artistic I, than I would say garish. It's not garish at all. How it's black and white their faces, but then it's not like a colourful. I don't know. Like, cartoon it just, it's body. Just for me, it was. Maybe it's because I'm not used to it. I'm not seeing anything like it. I was really it's shocked. A, it's a bit unnerving. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is really unnerving. And I just can't imagine because Angela's eight. So that's obviously their target audience. Mm. Were they not like scared by it? I wasn't scared and Josh wasn't scared of it. I think it's very memorable. I think that's why I've always remembered kind of Angela Anaconda. It is, it is and also because it's like, my name is Angela. Oh, Hello. It's like that sorry if anyone listening with headphones but yeah i i think it made it very very memorable to me like incredibly memorable because there isn't any other you i can't even normally when we're describing something you can say it's like this it's like that with angela anaconda we can't compare it visually to anything else no that's true i mean the closest thing for me is courage a cowardly dog comes closest and, no, that's, the animation, and that's a horror yeah and the animation style isn't anything like it no maybe not so yeah 
when it comes to animation style, it's very hard to describe for you. But it is black and white photograph faces with like colorful cartoon hair and backgrounds and bodies. It's a bit weird, isn't it? It is. And uh, the two episodes we watched, the same thing kind of happened where it's Angela hates the French girl, the beret. So her name is, I know, is that Ninny Poop, but it's Nanette Manoir. Yeah, that's it. Nanette Manoir. She, I always found her annoying growing up because obviously she's meant to be shown to be annoying. But re-watching it, I'm obsessed with Nanette Manoir. (laughs) (laughs) Also, Nanette Manoir reminds me so much of YouTubers that I watch. Like, so much. I know what you mean, where they're like really well-spoken and really happy and positive and like, hello. She reminds me a lot. There's a YouTuber called Fashion Mumbler. Yeah. And it's exactly like her. And I don't mean that as an insult because re-watching it, I'm like, Nanette Manoir is great. Because she is well, like very blonde. Hard. Well, no, very blonde, very kind of poshly spoken, very kind of feminine and girly. Whereas Angela's a lot more of a tomboy. Angela just wants to take her dog and bath him. So the episode, I think it's episode was really well done. So the episode we watched, I laughed out loud like quite a few times at this. I don't even know why. I don't think it was that funny. So it's called Stuck on You. And Angela is trying to win the contest or like break a record of the biggest chewing gum bubble she can Mm. blow. So she's got a mouthful of like 50 bits of chewing gum. She just keeps putting them in her mouth. People keep giving them to her. And she's like, but she's on like a, um, what's that playground toy? Seesaw. She's on a seesaw in the middle of the seesaw. And so she's chewing all of that. And then Nanette Manoir's berry blows off. And she's like, oh no, my berry. Which causes like a um, a knock-on effect. So she runs after it and knocks over someone else and it knocks over someone else. I laughed out loud. Can you, the bit when she's like, my berry. I was like, I just identified with. Don't tell me Angela Anaconda's at it again. Chewing gum is so tacky. So it ruins Angelica, it bursts Angelica's bubble and then they get stuck together with chewing gum by the head and then they are stuck together all day. And it was quite good because it showed them all like bickering throughout school. I did like it that I showed them trying to go to the toilet briefly because that is what you were thinking. You're thinking, well, if you're going to show all of them, oh, they've got to go to lessons together. Yeah, true. And at lunch, you sort of think, well, what's going to happen when they it's wee? It's a fairly common uh, device though, isn't it? You've seen yeah. that a lot where you put two characters that hate each other and you stick them together. I don't know. It was just so weird. It was, I, I don't know. Normally, I really like weird things, but it just scared me a bit. It's for kids. I think it's because I felt like the show is very unself-aware. It's really loud. loud. It's really loud and it's really scary. And it's like, it's just attacking all my senses at once. We went from Thomas and Friends, which is like, oh yeah, you're big, big steamy. And, you know, really quiet and everything to this. I didn't think it was quiet. I thought it was. It was really good. The narrator's just like, oh, and then Thomas didn't like the lorries to... I need to walk my dog. My dog needs a bath. Oh, we're stuck together. Oh, no, Angela. And I was like, oh, God, just <laughs> be quiet. I felt like the show is very unself-aware that it was frightening because I feel like if they kind of took the creepy angle, 
and went with it. I think this could have been no, an incredible TV show. No, it it was just a normal, normal, yeah. normal cartoon. Everything yeah. like, it was basically episodes of Arthur, but the animation no, is No, you're right. If they tried to do it as like the Adams Family or something yeah. similar to that, it would 100% work and I'd be fully on board. This is why I'm saying it's like David Lynch because it's taken like a really normal thing and it just puts such a scary tint on it. I never found it scary growing up though. I don't find it scary now. Maybe it's just you. I just found it really unsettling and unnerving. And then um, Nanette slash Ninny Poop or Ninking Poop is trying to get hold of her hairdresser. He's also got a really great name. Pierre, isn't it? Is it Pierre? And he is not answering her call saying, he's, oh no, he's not here. Oh, he's gone skiing. And there's all these made up excuses. And she's like screaming down the phone saying, I need an appointment. It's an emergency. And then they do baton twirling because that's what Nanette does. So Angela has to do baton twirling. Because of course. And then because they've done the baton twirling, they're like, right now it's Angela's, it's her turn to do the next activity. And she promised her mum she'd take the dog to get groomed and be washed. So doing the washing, it's all awful. They like fall in the tub. But I don't know why they've gone to a professional dog washers, but they're doing the washing. But anyway, and then the groomer turns up. And oh my God. It's Pierre. It's Pierre. And he then sort of says how even though, you know, hairdressing makes him his living, his true passion is dog grooming. And then Angela's like, ha ha, I'm going to tell everyone at school that a dog groomer cuts your hair. And then, then she's like crying. And then Pierre's like, she's like, well, at least I'll cut your hair now and get you unstuck. The end. You had baton twirling. You had a dog groomers. You had a beret. Yeah, chewing gum. Oh, I enjoyed just... it. Genuinely, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, but it's not something, it doesn't pass the hangover test. Mm. You could never watch this if you're feeling ill. This and... is what you watch when you're drunk. Maybe, yeah. maybe Not yeah, when you're hungover. True. Yeah, that's true. It's just so surreal. And I don't understand how I got an audience. You know, three seasons as well. So one thing they did do that um, I found in my research, which I thought was very interesting because it definitely um, relates to uh, me and my brother because me and my brother didn't watch that much TV together. He was two years older than me and I was um, a summer baby. He was a Christmas baby. So he wasn't interested in a lot of the shows I watched basically. And one of its... um, writers and creators said in an interview um they discussed how it was liked by all sexes so the co-creator sue rose noted in an interview with the new york times that despite having a primarily female cast the show has become popular with both sexes she writes the most frequent feedback we get is from parents of boys and they say my boys watch it and they love it and i never thought they would these are not just a girl's show they are kids shows during the series time, it was also on Fox Kids. It received constantly high, consistently, sorry, high ratings and was commonly marathoned on the channel. Always a fan when you can, when it does both. I think it that, did. That's what was so good about Lloyd in Space and Recess and shows like that. It's, it's nice when everyone can watch it. I think in Recess, Spinelli is such a big character. She's almost as big as TJ. But I think with Lloyd in Space, you could definitely compare it to that because there's very few female characters in Lloyd in Space. But I think obviously Angela Anaconda is such a tomboy. Yeah, she is. That And her nemesis is so girly. It did still kind of have that battle of the sexes vibe that is commonly used where it yeah, is it someone... Yeah, like brother versus sister. Yeah, it did kind of have that sort of bickering. 
definitely. I just loved it that her beret blew off and she was so distraught. Yeah. <laughs> I think the um, the theme tune, I would only give it, I don't even remember what it is. My name is Angela. Oh, yeah, I, I didn't it's like my it. show. I'm going to give it a four. It is quite awful, but I'll remember it. So I'll give it a six. And I think the show overall, I mean, I, I have to champion things that are different because, I, you know, it would be boring if everything was the same. So with that in mind, I would give it a six. I would give it a seven. Um, I enjoyed it growing up, re-watching it. I did laugh. I enjoyed it. It was quite a long episode. We were going to watch another one. And I was like, no, nah, I'm not I'm not doing that. I can't. This, it's not something you binge watch. But obviously this was created before kind of binge watching was a thing. Well, apparently you're not though because they're marathoning it on the yeah. TV, on the channel. Because I do think I could only consume Angela Anaconda in like one or two doses. Because Where's the snakes? Because <laughs> it is. Maybe she is. That's her personality. Angela's a snake. She's a snake. But yeah, the cartoon style is very unique. Creepy, which I like. I thought the characters were good. I felt like it was a bit like making fun of a girl for being very feminine and kind of prissy, which I don't really like. Not really that on board of that. But growing up, actually, I know actually I quite liked it. Yeah. Well, I guess like in recess when they're always taking a look at the Ashleys. Yeah. And that's because... But the thing is, I always wanted to be an Ashley. So really... Oh, it's similar to kind of like Muffy and Arthur. It's another one you can compare it to. Like Muffy, it's kind of a Muffy and Francine dynamic with yeah. Angela and um, Nanette. But I enjoyed it. I thought it was great. Let us know if you also watched Angela Anaconda and if you thought it was frightening. Yeah, write in at remember this question mark at gmail.com. And that is question mark is in the word. And also you can like tweet us and Instagram us. Just search our names. We said it at the beginning of the podcast, our names. So. <laughs> Brilliant. You can just search that and we'll come up. But yeah, I mean, that just about wraps up this episode of Remember This. We hope you've enjoyed your stay. I uh, hope you're safe and you're, you know, you're now allowed out if you're in the UK. So enjoy those privileges of going out and getting don't, fresh air. Don't and take the mick, anybody. Don't take the mick. Not seen our parents in seven weeks. Yep. So please, you know, be sensible. If you live with your parents, appreciate them. Yes. Or, yeah, that's, that's very nice. And if you see Rod Stewart, tell him he's got a very good train set. Yeah, maybe that you could do that during your lockdown, guys. Maybe I could inspire a new hobby. Exactly. Build a model railway set. But if you could please rate us and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, that really, really helps us out, especially the rating, because it just means more new people will discover it, which is a nice. We want to keep growing this mini little commune we have. And yeah, you will hear from us next week, same time, same place. Be there. Yay. Thank you, everybody. Bye. Have a good week. Bye. Choo choo. Choo choo. My name is Angela. Hello.